0: Hi, I'm uh, Ali Rizvi. I'm the author of The Atheist Muslim. I never listened to this uh, um, Dalamar podcast. I don't even know what I'm doing here. But anyway, let's see how this goes.
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously.
0: Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news
1: and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dallimore. All right, welcome to the show. And thank you for joining us for this 264th episode of I Doubt It with Dallimore. I, as always, unfortunately for you, are your host. I am your host. 264 episodes, apparently I can't get it right. Sitting across from me, my lovely, talented, and far more professional co-host, Brittany Page.
2: Yes. You always look at me, but I can't talk (laughs) until you introduce me, so I I don't know what to do when you're looking at me.
1: We take a few episodes off for the holidays, and apparently it's as though I've never done this before.
2: I know. It feels like we haven't done an episode in a really long time.
1: It has been a long... Well, we're supposed to be skipping midweek episodes. Well, we have been. Until the new year is what I said on Facebook. Okay. But now we're... We can't even slack off right. Yeah. We're we're coming back.
2: Yeah. Well, because we didn't do an episode for Christmas. That's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. So we we owe it to the audience. We really do. Yeah.
2: We can't leave them hanging for a week and a half.
1: The world cannot survive without our opinions on things.
2: Not at all. (laughs) That's a fact.
1: So it has been the holidays. We've been having a good time. Yeah. A lot of good food delicious well, good good food for me it's well, kind of a, a situation you <laughs> eating with me a lot of times
2: uh, a lot of times but sometimes it's okay what are you what are you referring to exactly in well, this specific there's situation a,
1: several different noodle places that we go to mm-hmm. we love asian, noodles yeah asian restaurant whether it be pho or whether it be just chinese noodles like the what is it the tr- trio of meats at the one place near where we live,
2: I believe it's the trio of beef.
1: Trio of beef. That's yeah. right. Yes, I can't get anything right. And in it, there is tripe, which is the lining of a of a cow's stomach, not and good. and also um, not a tasty treat. Like, like not cartilage, but like it is cartilage, gelatinous tendon type of. Not it's not meat at all. It's just and you gross. always gross out when I eat that. And the other day, you inquired. Whoa, <laughs> what would be the 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 equivalent taste description? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I described it as a a meat flavored jello shot. You did. Yeah.
2: Which is disgusting. No,
1: no ma'am. It's it horrific. Delicious.
2: No, that's terrifying. And if you describe it, I mean, what if they had that description in the menu? No one would order the trio of beef.
1: Uh, I'd be ordering it every day.
2: It has meat flavored jello shot gelatin in here disgusting for
1: those listeners and for you i know several people who get wigged out by textures it doesn't like that's i know a lot of people who don't like sushi because of a texture thing you
2: know what don't paint me as this finicky eater because i'm not <laughs> i'm not right i just don't want to eat you're cartilage not, you're not and the lining of what is it a kneecap or something i don't want to eat that
1: it's it's yeah like tendon no it's tendon no yeah, it, it's delicious Right. You're also a weirdo about eating st- fat on a steak. <laughs> like whenever we go to one of those Japanese places where they they cut off the fat. You no, know, where they where they make everything funny on the tables. Yeah. I tell the guy, Uh-huh. All the fat that no one else is going to eat at the uh-huh. table, you go ahead and just chop that up and you can put it on my plate.
2: What a healthy guy. What a healthy, healthy guy. We're
1: all going to (laughs) die. Why? I just want to die happy. (laughs) At least I will die well fed. Yeah. And having a good time.
2: Delicious meat flavored jello shots. That's right. Mm -hmm.
1: So anyway, that's been going on. It's been a good time. The holidays (laughs) have been good to us. Yeah. We are actually right now in brand new studio space. We are. It is not quite yet um, noise proof. So if you're hearing... Wow, the show sounds a little different.
2: Yeah, maybe it's echoey or something.
1: I'm inside of a 55-gallon drum stuffed inside of a bum's asshole right now, <laughs> and it is very echoey in here.
2: I'm not with you there. Yeah, well, the headphones
1: the... are outside. <laughs> yeah. You're outside. Yeah, uh,
2: it's a different environment that I'm in. Don't worry about me, everybody.
1: <laughs> so we will get it uh, nailed in, mm-hmm. but I'm now in, a, in an enclosed space, that will be all-encompassing of the podcast and the YouTube channel, yeah, and everything else. So we are looking forward to some big things come 2017. Yeah, and uh, we appreciate you coming along for the ride.
2: Yeah, more yeah. bonus episodes,
1: absolutely. A lot More, more conversation
2: videos, a lot of good stuff.
1: Everything, and maybe even more than what we've been doing up to this point. Well,
2: for sure, more because for sure.
1: I don't mean just more <laughs> of the same, but yeah. more different things even, Mm -hmm. like maybe YouTube live bullshit, and I don't even know. So if you have suggestions, we would love to hear them. But until then, let's move on with some voicemails, hearing about different things that the audience wants to talk about. You see? Take a little time off. Lose my mind. Mm -hmm. Last time on the show, we talked about Netflix passwords and how I felt where I told someone at a party that it's the same as stealing. Well, sharing, apparently.
2: Sharing the password.
1: Sharing a password, right. The Netflix password. Yeah. And also music and everything else. Uh huh.
2: But specifically, the password sharing was a problem right. for
1: you. For me. Yeah. Just for me, personally, I think it's stealing. Uh huh. Well, apparently, I'm the only goddamn one who thinks that because <laughs> we got a lot of feedback through emails and texts and everything else. And here are a couple of voicemails that are directly shitting in my mouth.
3: Hey, this is David. Uh, from Indiana, and I'm calling to respond to the Netflix debate. The way I see it is, if you're passing a collection of movies, like, even if it was, like, a bundle of movies wrapped in a rubber band to a friend and then pass it back and forth, as long as one of them was losing their permissions to use it, essentially, I don't see much issue with it. The fact that we can do it so quickly should, I don't think, should change how we view it. Now, I share my Netflix with my father, and I've never had a uh, notification that, hey, you're using this somewhere somewhere else. Uh, So I don't know if that's how it works or not. But as long as it's one person using it as if you're passing something back and forth, I don't see much issue with it. And that kind of makes me wonder about some other subscriptions like uh, I've had someone else order something from Amazon Prime so I could get it uh, sooner. And I'm not sure if that'd be... That's another nut to crack open. But yeah, as far as the Netflix one goes, I don't see much issue with it if it's removing the permission from another. Uh, that's all I have to say on this. I uh, love the show. Britney is the best part but I enjoy
1: you both. Bye. Love the
4: show. Brittany's the best
1: part. Very kind. Very kind of a listener that although you are the best part,
5: uh-huh. eh,
1: you know, he enjoys a little bit of me.
2: Yeah, the one who carries the show is all right, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we have one more on this topic and then I'm going to defend myself.
2: Oh, so you're going to just take it cumulatively. You're not going to... Yeah, gonna... it's okay. best
1: that way okay. so I don't have to... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a losing battle no matter <laughs> what. I'm, I'm the monster for Wanting to give creators their due.
6: Mm. Hey, Brittany and Jesse, Nikki here. Honestly, I didn't realize that I've been a listener for such a long time because I still remember your uh, Dawkins rant. <laughs> so, boy, three years plus. Okay. Um, Netflix. No, that's not stealing. Seriously, <laughs> you paid for it or someone else paid for it. How dare you, the, Nikki? Letting you use it. So it's been paid for. It's like, okay, I'm going to show my age now, but suppose I bought a DVD or a CD, right, and I'm lending it to someone. They're not stealing it. They're using something that I purchased. We're not both using it at the same time. I'm not copying it. Same thing with Netflix. That's not stealing, unless you think that letting someone else watch your TV while, you know, Uh, at your place is stealing or letting someone else use your power to charge their phone is stealing now uh, since I'm in hospital a lot now um, I'm letting my brother use Netflix my Netflix but I'm not using it so he gets to use it I don't think that is stealing at all it's paid for you're not making extra copies of anything or anything like that so nope not stealing Um, As for Trump, uh, he's what is um, called an unwitting asset, I think. So he's been recruited by the KGB. Putin is KGB after all. And um, he's playing for Putin's team now, even though he doesn't realise it. And boy, was Trump easy to buy. No blackmail, no money needed. Just saying that he's a good guy (laughs) and that makes Trump like a puppet. It's sad. So, um, yeah. Say hi to your new president. Uh. His name is Putin. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Okay, I still love the show, even after three years. Uh, Sorry, plus years, I think, by now. And um, Brittany and Jesse, you're both the best part. Ah. I mean, even though she's
2: telling us such terrible information about Putin being our president, it's just her accent makes you feel like it's a hug, you know? Nikki
1: <laughs> is one of our longest, most loyal, yes, awesome listeners. Yes. And uh, we love the shit out of her. So I'll be very delicate in my in my rebutting of their... Actually, very so good So they didn't points. sway you? A couple of... No, well, listen, I think what they're saying... And I did look into it. I thought that it was actually illegal to share passwords... And it's not. It's not. No, it's it's a misinterpretation of a lawsuit that's going on right now that was ruled on by the Ninth, Ninth Circuit of a a a some kind of a company where they fired a salesman and who started his own company and then he recruited other employees from the old company, but before he did, he had them give login information to the company and he was stealing information. Uh huh. So that is the case that they're talking about right now relative to sharing of passwords that doesn't really relate to, to Netflix. It doesn't.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's been misinterpreted by the media. Shocking. Um, and it is a not illegal. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on the goddamn show. I'm not giving legal advice. So save your fucking emails and your lawsuits when you take my legal advice. But... I understand what they're saying. I just think, for me, it goes against the spirit of the agreement. Mm -hmm. The conversation that we had at the party, and we're going to move on here, was more about stealing content. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, if you love a show, if you're a giant fan of Game of Thrones, I almost said King of Thrones, Game of Thrones, and you download it illegally, Mm -hmm. you're robbing... From the quality and the creativity of that show. Mm -hmm. That's really where the discussion we were having was about. So as far as all these other arguments that they're making, I I, I see that. I can see that. It makes me uncomfortable personally. Uh Uh-huh. So if you want to email me and ask for my password, I'm going to tell you to FO.
2: Okay. Well... I would like to say that that's what the conversation at the party was about, but you have come back around and said it at least twice on the podcast today that you believe it is stealing. So we're just going to make sure that we we get that down, right? But I do want to say that the Netflix CEO, Reed Hastings, apparently said in July of this year that sharing account information was a positive thing. So even Netflix thinks it's a positive thing.
1: All right. Well, like I said, I am dumb. They said they haven't seen it. Everybody disagrees.
2: They haven't even.
1: The guy who <laughs> runs Netflix disagrees with Jesse. Goddamn.
2: But we understand that you... I this can't is, win for
1: losing. Whatever that means.
2: This is a personal issue for you, though, because when people steal your YouTube content, you lose views. That's right. Which means you lose money. That's so right. you feel passionate about this topic yeah. because it happens to you when your content gets taken.
1: Right. There have been a few times where something has been shared of mine. Um, taken and then cut into pieces and put on Facebook for more of a short, broken down version of what I created. Onto
2: another account so that's it doesn't right. go through that's your right. not, not a link
1: that's shared. And something was shared and it got tens of millions of views that didn't count on YouTube. Well, that's tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, tens of millions. Did I say tens of millions of views?
2: I don't know. You know. That
1: equals tens of thousands of dollars that I didn't get. So
2: Numbers start being said and I just, my brain shuts down. So
1: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it, is is numbers, numbers. it is a little close to the, to my heart. Yeah. It's a special, special topic. For really me, is. Brittany Page. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's move on. We have other, other, other voicemails, Nikki, David, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for calling in.
4: Hi, I'm Daria. I'm from Houston. Um, I'm currently a college student and, uh, I just had a couple of thoughts and actually a question about the current election. So, first of all, I really don't like to think about this election. And, and honestly, I haven't really wrapped my head around, like, Trump being president because, like, the more I think about it, the deeper it goes. Like, I have a Republican House and Senate. He can do whatever he wants. He's, like, the least experienced person ever to be president. He has, like, the whole Twitter war. We almost got into war with China because of Taiwan. Like, it just, like, the deeper it goes, the worse it gets. Um... But like one of my main questions about him was like, why is he doing a victory tour? Like you probably heard that right now he's touring a bunch of states that he won and doing like victory rallies or whatever. But like, what's the point of that? Like I know might be just like to strike like stroke his ego or whatever. But like, what is the point of like after you already won a campaign to go out and rally? Like, what is that? get him you know so like people are going to like vote directly for his legislation or whatever um, and the second question I had isn't totally related to the election but kind of is um, I don't know if you guys talked about it in the previous podcast but have y'all heard of um, Pizzagate it's like this really really dumb conspiracy theory um, where it talks about how Hillary um, Clinton was in on this like pitiful, like pedophilia ring that in this like pizza shop, um, it's really it's actually kind of interesting because I'm a huge fan of conspiracy theories. But yeah, um, I don't know if you guys heard about it. Love to hear that. I love the show. Um, it's super interesting. And I guess like as a personal question, I've always been curious. I know that Brittany is going to grad school, but I wanted to know what her major was or like what is she studying. Uh, I don't know if she's trying to get her PhD or her master's, but, yeah, Yeah, I would love to hear all of that. Um, Looking forward to your show. I just finished the most recent episode, um, and the Sandy Hook conspiracy stuff. Um, I could talk about conspiracies all day. Sorry. (laughs) Anyways, love you guys. Uh, Have a great day. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye.
1: So we can go backwards. It sounds like Daria was also inside uh-huh. of a bum's asshole in that call <laughs> yeah. because that is terrible audio quality. I don't know if that's our Google voice number yeah. or the prior uh, <laughs> theory that I have.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah, yeah well, go backwards.
1: Tell her about you and then we'll we'll get to her her issues.
2: Okay. So, clinical psychology is my major. Working on my masters. We'll be finishing and graduating in May. PhD is forthcoming. In the future, probably we'll see what happens.
1: You, Brittany right now is a little burned out. I think she's going to take a year off.
2: Yeah, I'm a tired, tired lady.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's short for lady. Yes. So, um, I think you nailed it. Is it Daria or Daria? Probably Daria. Uh huh. Since I'm dumb and don't remember, I'm
2: also not good with names. Yeah, right. So, so,
1: so uh, you nailed it. It's an ego stroke. He is now off the campaign trail. And all he's getting is bad press because he has to listen to the CNN and people shitting on him on Twitter all the time. He doesn't have these crowd, these adulating crowds that just love him. Mm -hmm. And so he had to go back on the road to get, you know, it's like atheists. They they get their sustenance from eating the blood of of innocent babies. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Trust me, I know. Mm -hmm. And uh, Donald Trump, he survives and gets sustenance from the cheers of uh, adoring crowds.
3: yee
2: We love the Trump. Well, and he's been finding We love the Trump, baby! When he is, <laughs> you know, walking around in New York, he'll be booed. Uh,
1: he gets booed unmerciful.
2: Yeah, he gets booed all the time, so I'm sure that that's not making him happy, right? He needs to have his ego stroked and, like you said, that's not happening in a lot of places, so also, he's used to this reality TV like fake lifestyle, so this just fits perfectly with what he's used to doing in his life.
1: So, And then the other thing you mentioned was Pizzagate, and that was a conspiracy theory born out of 4chan and goddamn Reddit and these idiotic Nutters online who started. Uh, there's this podcast called Reply All that you should go if you want to get the the entire history of this and the rundown. Go listen. This is, the, I guess, the competition, but go listen to to the episode about PizzaGate uh, on of Reply All. And it's a Gimlet. It's a great show. Those guys do a good job over there, and it will give you in detail what went on from the history of how it, it got spurned and everything else. But suffice it to say that conspiracy theories aren't just bullshit that don't hurt anybody because this one motivated a gunman to go in to that pizza place in Washington, D.C. and fire off rounds looking for these children who were apparently sex slaves. All bullshit, all a lie, completely fabricated by the Internet. And it, you know, was a motivation For this North Carolinian to go in with guns blazing.
2: Well, the conspiracy theory was also that the Clintons were behind this. Right,
1: right. Well, I don't want to go into the whole schmuck of it.
2: I know, but it's also, people should research it because it's um, scary what can happen with political polarization. Yes. You believe that your opponent is so evil that they're capable of this. Right, I mean, that's a scary place to get into mentally, right? Sure, yeah. Just because they are a political opponent.
1: Absolutely. All right, Daria, thank you for the call. Final voicemail, also about Trump.
7: Hi, um, my name is John Beck. I'm 19. Uh, I live in Alabama, and uh, I'm black. I (laughs) I could just hear Jeffrey playing that uh, hilarious sister fucking music right now. But I'm calling (laughs) him today because I'm I'm just very confused and frustrated. And, And I know this is an exhausting topic, but... The human beings that voted for Donald Trump, and um, I just want to for a second forget you know all the racist and sexist stuff that he said, if and, and just look at it from from a purely political standpoint on his focusing mainly on his policies. I just don't understand what what the fuck he said to appeal to anybody because all I've heard is just trust me, and and it's it's just weird to me you know the amount of people that voted for Donald Trump and I know this is a, a topic people have talked about a million times you've talked about on the show a bunch you've uh, talked about sort of why they did and all that but it's it's weird to me because all I've heard was well they, they had hope that he would give them jobs um, but I, I didn't I just didn't I didn't see that. All I've heard was, uh, just trust me, or I don't want to give away my secrets. And the things we have heard are very comical, like uh, building a wall, or they, they're impractical, like trickle-down economics. We see it doesn't work. It just doesn't fucking work. And so I just want to know, really, what they were thinking when they voted for him, because forget forget everything race-wise or, or, or sexist all the sexist things he said. Forget all that. What really... Did he say, because I do not see it. I just, I don't. And it baffles me because, not because I think everybody is, is bigoted and everybody is, is, is turning against me and or some weird dumb shit like that, but because I, I really feel like people are idiots. And that scares me because I don't want to believe that the majority of people are idiots.
1: I, I'm with you, John. Oh, and... By the way, he he ended up, he called back and left a very brief message, something that he had forgotten. Holy
7: oh, shit, I forgot. Uh, I love the show. Brittany's the best part. <laughs> love the show. Brittany's the best part.
1: So, Bye. John, listen.
2: He got pretty fired up, so I can see how he forgot. He did get fired up. Yeah.
1: Uh, that, that is an edited, John will know, <laughs> that is an edited <laughs> voicemail. I don't do that often where I yeah. I piece together voicemails, but I did this in his case because he said a lot of good things that needs to be addressed.
2: Well, he also requested that, oh, that I got a little carried away there. Maybe you want to cut that out.
1: <laughs> so, here's the deal, or at least the deal the way I see it. Not all of Donald Trump's fans and voters and supporters are racist, white supremacists, white nationalists, white separatists, black-hating, Jew-hating monsters. Not all of them are. In fact, I think a very small percentage of... Are mm-hmm. but there's a lot of America that doesn't understand, count me among them, that doesn't really fully understand the economics of a world economy, a global economy. And if you live in, you know, Indiana and Carrier makes air conditioners and they're taking out j- hundreds of jobs and they're going to Mexico. You that rattles your worldview, especially if you are affected by that loss, those Mm -hmm. job losses. If you're losing your goddamn job because of a company like that, it's easy to blame the establishment in Washington. Mm -hmm. When anyway, I think that that's largely what happened. You have a, a massive disaffected population in the United States that Donald Trump was effectively able to tap into. And he was actually able to tap into a base of voters who haven't voted in probably a generation. So, look, there's, I don't have anything positive to say about Donald Trump. Uh, there is too much just terrible shit. But you can't demonize every single one of his voters, the minority that voted for him, because Hillary Clinton did win by almost three million votes, but they're not all idiots. They just view the world a little differently, and maybe they have been affected differently than you have, John, or than I have. And they're not—they're not thinking; they're not using all of their cognitive faculties. I believe they're—they're—they're they're, they're voting with their heart, not their brain.
2: Well, and that's the complication, I think, too. If you were to ask a hundred Donald Trump voters why they voted for Donald Trump, you might get a hundred different answers. And I think that this election is something that they should study and probably will be studying for a long time to figure out what happened. Because when you watch those three debates again and just evaluate them on content alone, right? The things that the candidates said in terms of what they would do and what their plan is. Donald Trump is just one soundbite after another. Right. Believe me.
1: It's tremendous. Like John said, like
2: John said. So it is interesting that he was able to sway so many people into voting for him and believing in him, having hope that he will, Make their life better.
1: Yeah, I I I agree. And it is listen, it's confounding. This is only what I'm able to piece together right now, John. I who fucking knows, man. This is, I mean, listen, you're a young black man in Alabama. Your 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 eyes on the world are completely different than mine, living in Southern California in Orange County. I don't know. I I don't know you. You face a completely different set of challenges than I do, and you view the world differently. So your opinion is just as valid as mine. I would say this, though. Having listened to the entirety of your message, not this chopped-up edited version that I play for the show, keep your head on straight, man. Um, Don't get down. The world is still going to turn. The sun is still going to rise. There are allies out there who love you and support you and aren't going to let terrible things happen that I suspect you may fear are going to happen.
2: And we're going to be confused together for a long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But thanks for thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. If you too would like to sound off, call the show 657-464-7609. You can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to it at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you.
6: Support for I Doubt It with Dollimore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore.
2: Jill. Jill. And Emily.
1: And Emily.
2: Our latest Patreon and PayPal supporters. We awesome.
1: Love you guys. Very much. We appreciate it. Listen, it's always nice when we haven't done a show for a while, and I check my email and it says, hey, guess what? People aren't pissed off. People are actually <laughs> Willing to support the effort, and we appreciate it so, so much. In fact, we appreciate it so much. Well, this is kind of a non sequitur, but uh, it's not. It's about supporting the show, but Mm -hmm. it's not because we appreciate it. Yeah. We appreciate it so much that here's another thing you can buy to support the show. (laughs) Yeah. Brittany and I had coffee mugs made. We did. In fact, we we haven't mentioned it because we wanted to get the mugs to see how shitty they would be. And they ended up being awesome. They're
2: not shitty at yeah, all. Yeah, they're glossy.
1: Yeah. 11 ounce ceramic mugs. Uh-huh. They got our stupid faces on them with the logo. They're a wraparound logo. They're awesome.
2: Yes, beautiful. I
1: did a stupid little 30 second like Instagram video yeah. where I'm acting like a goofball. and
2: Thanks for telling us because we wouldn't have known that you were acting like a goofball. <laughs> when I we got watched a message
1: it. on Facebook saying, you could be less cheesy. You, know? you don't have to put on this act. I'm like...
2: You're trying to sell mugs. I wanted to
1: rage. (laughs) Come on. Are you kidding me? Why don't you listen to the show? We can hear
2: the rage flaring up in your voice. Uh,
1: I'm a little like John. I know. A little ragey. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we have these mugs. If you'd like to buy one, listen, we realize that with shipping, it's going to be about $19.99, $20. We realize this coffee mug's not fucking worth $20. We get that. But this is a way to support the show and then get something in return Other than the grating, terrible sound of my voice in your ears.
2: And you get to carry around the coffee mug, show it to everybody in your office. Look at this. It's so cool. It'll be great. Right?
1: (laughs) Is that a benefit?
2: I feel like that was the strongest selling point (laughs) that we've reviewed. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. So, anyway, there's pictures of them on the website. If you'd like to buy one, if you'd like to support the show, help us move the conversation forward and get something in return other than a headache... Go to dollamore.com slash shop and check them out. We would love to, ha- we, we have a very limited number because we want to see how well they do before we order another batch. So if you're going to do it, you want to get on it.
2: Also, if you are interested in other types of products, mouse pads, t shirts, let us know because we've been debating on having those things made and we just don't know if our listeners would be interested in it. So if you are shoot us an email, let us know and we'll kind of take the temperature on that.
1: Awesome. We love you guys. Thank you very, very much. Dilemocracy facing down
0: pessimistic politics with realistic optimism.
1: All right, well, now on to the meat of the show, right on time. That's something we haven't lost over the course of uh, the little break, Brittany, Mm -hmm. It's the timing of the show. Yeah. We're halfway through. and This is where we start. Perfect. The segment. Yeah. We do have a new segment. Brittany and I have been talking about how to kind of freshen up the show.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. We don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over. I mean, it works. What we're doing works, I think. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And it's always good to revisit and see what could be done to, to spice things up. Yeah. So we have a new segment that will likely be done. It could be very well every single episode. And we're calling it Trump's Tweets.
0: I will say this. Look, I have millions of people on Twitter. That's a lot of people. If somebody can't handle a Twitter account... They
5: can't handle the
0: nuclear cover. So.
2: Well, let's talk about why this is important, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's
2: been 153 days since Donald Trump's last press conference.
1: 153 days.
2: But he's tweeted 1,512 times.
1: And that's as of at midnight yesterday. Again, this at is. Midnight this morning.
2: This is like a 70-year-old man.
1: Right, not a fifteen-year-old girl.
2: No, that's it's a lot a of tweets. Seventy-year-old <laughs>
1: president-elect of the noble United States of America.
2: So this is how Donald Trump is choosing to communicate with the people.
1: Well, Twitter doesn't ask questions back that you're required to answer because you're on 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 camera.
2: Right. So this segment is dedicated to discussing what Donald Trump is putting out into the world, what what he's communicating to the people.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. actually, this is such a poorly planned segment for the very first one. I don't even know what tweet you're going to talk about, or what tweets, but I definitely want the one where he talked about himself in the third person and said, thanks. Donald, or thank you, Donald.
2: I have that one right here. All right. Okay. So he tweeted, this is December 27th, the U.S. Consumer Confidence Index for December surged nearly four points, the highest level in more than 15 years. All caps. Thanks, Donald.
1: He, he's thanking himself.
2: He's thanking himself.
1: <laughs> is he trying to riff off of the thanks Obama thing? And like trying to start his own little catchy thing? I Because that's not the way it works. That's that's destined to fail, if you try to, it's like trying to create your own fucking nickname. Uh-huh. That doesn't work.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he wants to take credit for everything that happens going forward.
1: Uh, right. Well, you you don't just get the good shit. No. If you're gonna, if that's that, that's a great point. <laughs> Listen, Donald, if you're gonna start taking credit for all the shit that happens, even while you're president elect, asshole, then you're gonna have to take credit for all the bad shit too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I have another tweet here. Doing my best to disregard the many inflammatory President O statements and roadblocks, thought it was going to be a smooth transition. Not.
1: Oh, I no, I saw that. I saw this because I saw the the capital N, capital O, capital T exclamation, exclamation point. point. Yeah. Not. not... <laughs> Next thing, he's going to start tweeting that that's what she said. He's going to be ripping <laughs> off all kinds of cliched bullshit statements.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, then there was this one which you which you loved. Merry Christmas and a very, 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 very <laughs> happy new year that's to everyone.
1: Favorite. That is my favorite. Yeah. He's doing something that you would get marked down in <laughs> elementary school for if you're writing a paper. It's yeah. like, oh, I need to write 250 words. Awesome. 1,200 berries. That'll get me there. Uh-huh. I guess that's Elver. See, I'm dumb too. Yeah. I, well, I'm a hypocrite because I'm, I'm, I'm ridiculing our, our tangerine titan the orange-faced fuhrer, Donald Trump. And I'm, you know, just kind of a regular dumb guy, too. Although, I sit here without the benefit of an Ivy League education, folks. Mm-hmm. And he got very good grades. He will remind you every time he opens his mouth about it. He has all the best words. 70 years old, he's still talking about his college transcripts. Yes. Living in the past. Anyway, so this is a segment we're going to start doing. But there's there's also a serious element to this, because he recently tweeted about nukes. We already know that he talked about giving Saudi Arabia and the Wahhabists in Saudi Arabia nuclear weapons. Well, he's, he's at it again, except now it's on Twitter, and it's, it's dangerous.
2: The United States must greatly strengthen and expand its nuclear capacity until such time as the world comes to its senses regarding nukes. Listen. December 22nd.
1: A president... President-elect, someone in this position can't be flippantly talking about nuclear power, about nuclear weapons, about the capacity of our country to send an intercontinental ballistic missile thousands of miles onto an enemy. It is a scary, a bizarrely frightening proposition. Nuclear weapons, it's, it is an existential threat to the planet it's not like carpet bombing Ted Cruz's favorite thing where you you, you know you'll ruin an area geographically we're talking about ending the goddamn planet all of us dying in nuclear winter this isn't something to play around with you certainly don't want to set foreign policy related to this type of a thing this serious a matter on in your Twitter feed. This isn't how you do it.
2: Well, Putin is also calling for strengthening uh, Russia's nuclear potential. And their statements on the nuclear issue were made within 24 hours of each other. Right. So that's another scary thought.
1: (laughs) Let me, for those of you who are a little younger and don't remember the Reagan administration, Ronald Reagan, back in the 80s, was given one of his, his, his weekend addresses on something, a radio address. And they were doing a mic test, just like we do mic tests here before we start the show. And Ronald Reagan said this. My fellow
0: Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes.
1: Now, this was a joke. This was in test. And somehow one of the radio engineers released this to the press, leaked it. This didn't go on over the air. This was, this was released later. And you would think, ah, everybody knows that's a joke. They're laughing in the background. It's clearly a joke. But that is just not the case. This next clip is Tom Brokaw, like 20 or 30 days later, talking about the reverberations of that particular remark that could have led us down a very disastrous path.
0: It was the joke heard around the world, the one by President Reagan about bombing the Soviet Union, and it resulted in a Soviet red alert, and it became a campaign issue in this country. Now, Marvin Kalb has learned that the Soviets responded in their own
5: fashion. The President was joking his way through an audio check on August 11th.
0: I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five
5: minutes. By August 14th, the story became World News, a major item on Moscow television where the joke was not treated as a laughing matter. August 15th, a coded message left Soviet military headquarters in Vladivostok. It said, in part, we now embark on military action against the U.S. forces. The code was instantly broken by U.S. and Japanese intelligence. This is what then happened. A special command unit in Yusurysk went on wartime alert. Key Japanese military units raised their readiness status. Soviet naval vessels in the North Pacific, baffled by the order, checked with Vladivostok. Confusion. U.S. intelligence urgently canvassed for signs of an imminent Soviet attack. Found none. Later, officials of the top secret National Security Agency briefed Congressman Michael Barnes. There was what they described as a wayward operator in the Soviet Far Eastern Command who sent out a message Alerting Soviet forces in that area that a state of war existed between the United States and the Soviet Union. Within 30 minutes, the mysterious Soviet alert was canceled. This is why it is
1: untenable for Donald Trump to think that he can negotiate trade deals and develop some kind of a military foreign policy strategy via tweets. Because it has real-world consequences. Ronald Reagan, love him or hate him, was making a joke. He was clear to everyone he was making a joke, except for a foreign adversary who has everything to lose if he's not joking. So the President of the United States doesn't have the luxury of sarcasm when it comes to matters like this. The president of the United States doesn't have the luxury of, oh, yeah, I was just joking, you guys. Oh, that's bullshit. The president, is a, it's a serious job for serious men and women. Up to this point, only men. Donald Trump needs to take it seriously. Like I said recently, he needs to use his little hands to buckle up his big boy pants <laughs> because this is the big leagues. Uh-huh. And Russia is a bad actor. They are not friendly to the United States. They are not friendly to their neighbors. So much so that John McCain and Lindsey Graham are right now in Estonia, or at least they were as of the last 48 hours, having a press conference with the Latvian president where John McCain is so afraid of what's happening right now in Russia that he is is recommending something that I think is probably going to be a, a problem if it comes to, to pass.
8: Just to thank the Latvian government and people for their continued friendship and support, for the brave young Latvian that have served, Latvians that have served in Afghanistan and as partners uh, with us uh, there, and we've had an opportunity to meet with our the military Latvian military leadership as well. Um, We will return to Washington in very unusual times, obviously, with a new president and a new agenda. One thing that uh, we are convinced of is that our relationship will not change, that we will continue to have strong support for NATO in the Congress of the United States and in the United States Senate. We believe the three of us in a of and most of our colleagues in the United States Senate, that uh, Vladimir Putin and Russian behavior is unacceptable. The latest being apparent attempts, attempts on the part of the Russians to affect the outcome of the recent election in the United States. It argues strenuously for us to have a better policy and strategy to combat cyber attacks. Cyber will be a major issue to be addressed, both by the incoming administration and the United States Congress. Senator Graham and I and members of the Armed Services Committee will be holding hearings. We need a policy and we need a strategy in order to combat the issue of cyber attacks, which were intended, possibly, to undermine the fundamentals of democracy, and that is, to change the outcome of a free and fair election. Again, the partnership uh, that we uh, enjoy with Latvia is important. I believe that it would be very helpful to our relationship to have a permanent United States presence here, not as a permanent base, but on a rotational basis that we have Continuously American presence, military presence here for training, cooperation, and joint operations.
1: And it was his last 15 seconds of talking. First of all, that was actually John McCain. Senator John McCain, and not some robot fashioned to look like him. (laughs) I know it sounded like a tired, beaten down man, but that was actually John McCain. But it was his last 15 seconds of talking that is the most dangerous of all his words, and that's that he wants a permanent U.S. military presence in Estonia. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not familiar with the with the with the ge- geography of where this is, if you know where Scandinavia is, go east, and you've got Finland there, and below that you've got the uh, uh, the the Baltic Sea, and then there's some kind of it's probably named something else, but the Baltic Sea. And then you've got Estonia and Latvia and one other country that I can't think of because I'm not looking at a map. Lithuania, Lithuania, that's right. Thank you. And uh, that borders Russia. That's about 300 miles or so. It's about a nine-hour drive to Moscow, Mm -hmm. which is the capital of Russia. And having U.S. troops on the border right there, that is a provocation. There are plenty of diplomatic uh, elements and outs that we should be utilizing before we have military presence on the border of Russia. This is the kind of foreign policy disaster that we're facing right now with the Donald Trump presidency. Look, I love John McCain. I think John McCain is a noble hero. But he's fucking wrong right now. And as noble as I may think him, he also did what was politically expedient and supported Donald Trump up until all the way through the election. He didn't take away his support. He didn't disavow Donald Trump. His support stayed intact throughout all of the insanity and the bullshit that Donald Trump, even calling into question whether or not he was a war hero. So in John McCain's Elder, Elder days. I, I'm I'm questioning his decision making because this would be a bad decision. You only want to do this when we are on the brink of military conflict. You don't want to do this as some kind of a, of a as a deterrent. You want to use economic sanctions first.
2: Well, it sounds like he's very concerned about what's to come when Donald Trump takes office. Yeah, no? I,
1: I agree with that. But you don't want to hasten. You don't want to spur the escalation mm-hmm. of military conflict with a, with a power like Russia mm-hmm. because Putin is old school USSR. He was the head of the KGB. He's not someone to fuck around with. He's already invaded, taken over Crimea, Crimea and is occupying Ukraine, which is on the, the, the farther away than where we're talking about in Estonia. Mm-hmm. This, this isn't something we, not a road we want to go down right now at all. So maybe it's saber rattling to try to drum up support for a defense budget increase, which we don't fucking need since our uh, we spend more on defense than the next 10 countries combined. Coming, This is coming from a former Marine.
2: Mm-hmm. Jesse
1: was a Marine, everybody. I don't know if you know. I know. I rarely <laughs> mention it on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, this is the dangerous territory that we're in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this is, is based on the fact that Donald Trump is surrounding himself and has surrounded himself with loose cannons. Carl Paladino recently said some remarkably hateful, racist, outrageous things about the f- f- current first lady of the United States, Michelle Obama. I'm going to remind you about who Carl Paladino is before we talk about that. This is him during the campaign talking about how Kaiser Kahn, the father of the, the, the combat veteran who died in combat, how he wasn't worthy of being designated a gold star parent.
0: All right. I don't care if he's a gold star parent. He certainly doesn't deserve that title. Okay, if if he's uh, anti as anti American as he's he's illustrated in his speeches and in his discussion, I mean, if if he's a member of the Muslim Brotherhood or or uh, uh, supporting uh, the uh, you know the ISIS type of attitude against America, there's no reason for uh, Donald Trump to have to honor
1: this man. He also, in the same interview, which was with. Uh, Connell McShane, who is a – he's a stand-in for um, Don Imus, for Imus in the Morning, talking about how unequivocally, without any doubt whatsoever, no reservations, President Obama is a Muslim. Uh, but you said that there's no doubt, quote-unquote, according to the media outlets that reported on it, that President Obama is a Muslim. Now, I would assume you don't believe that. It's not true. But it, doesn't – isn't that kind of wait, stuff wait, wait, unhelpful? Wait,
0: wait, How do you know that's not true? That's not fair, pal. Uh.
3: That it's you
0: you formed a conclusion about a man because he's told you that he said no, I'm not a Muslim.
1: Where do you get? All right, that's fine. We're not going to have this. This is a ridiculous talk. So, so there's no doubt. There's no doubt he is. How would you know that? That is true.
0: Colonel, this is the same guy who yesterday uh, deprived the American people of an investigation into uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's right. foundation. related foundation. Okay, that's fine, really but that's related. different
1: than saying there's no doubt he's a Muslim. My point is, you guys, you, you guys get off the track here.
0: If it, if it acts like a duck, if it walks like a duck, and if it talks like a duck, it's a duck.
1: And if it sounds like a dick <laughs> and talks like a dick, it's likely a dick. Carl Paladino. Yeah. So he's at it again. Well, this,
2: he he co-chaired Donald Trump's New York campaign.
1: That's. A, I was just going to say, not only did he co-chair Donald Trump's New York campaign, he he ran for governor, and he lost, but but not overwhelmingly. It wasn't a landslide against this guy. He has political clout in the state of New York, and he's at it again. This time, really maligning and saying racist, hateful shit about Michelle Obama.
2: Right, so in an interview, he was asked what he would like to see go in 2017, and he said Michelle Obama, quote, I'd like her to return to being a male and let loose in the outback of Zimbabwe, where she lives comfortably in a cave with Maxie the gorilla, is literally what he said. Goddamn. Not an Onion
1: article. Yeah, disgusting human being. Mm Mm-hmm. This man still has the ear of the president-elect of these United States. Has president-elect Trump come out and said, I disavow the comments. In fact, I'm distancing myself from that. That is abhorrent behavior. That is terrible speech. That has no place in civil discourse. That has no place in decent human interaction. That is based in fear and racism and hatred. Has he said that? No. You, know, actually, you know what he has
2: said? You do you want me to say? Yeah. He said, yeah, I'm not politically correct. They asked me what I want and I told them.
1: Uh, <laughs> listen.
2: Yeah. Great guy. This is
1: a problem. And that leads us to what we're going to wrap with.
2: Not politically no, correct. we're not
1: totally going to wrap with this. But we're going to wrap dollamocracy with this. hmm Donald Trump right now faces a problem in the inauguration. We're going to start with kind of the funny thing, and then we're going to get to the more serious thing. And that is that he can't find anybody to perform for him for the celebration, for the ceremonies. Except for like... A couple of like, who is that? (laughs)
2: I mean, at this point, it's going to be Kid Rock or Ted Nugent, right?
1: Or maybe both. Maybe they'll do a, dua, a duet.
2: A uh, cat scratch fever.
1: No. Uh, why didn't I break out the Trump girls?
2: Yeah. No, I don't want to hear it again. Na, I don't want to hear na, it again. Na, na. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> uh, they're having a hard time. They have somebody from America's Got Voices or Talent or. <laughs> what's the show? Is it The Voice or America's The. America's
2: Got Talent? I don't know. Which is it America's one it is. Got Talent. I think it's something. Like that, yeah. But you can't blame them. I mean, they need exposure. Right? No, no, I'm not. I'm not
1: blaming them. But he's <laughs> having a difficult time. Uh, yeah. In fact, now he's shitting on. He's
2: trying to act like he doesn't need celebrities. Right, there. right, right. He doesn't even want them there. Right,
1: right. right. <laughs> and he's begging everyone, he's. They tried to get Beyonce. They tried to get Justin Timberlake. They've tried to get all kinds of big A list acts, and everybody's telling him to pound sand. Well, that's not the only problem, though. The man who is penning. His inaugural address is a guy named Stephen Miller, who happens to be very good friends with Richard Spencer, who is the guy who coined the, the term alt-right. He is a racist. He is a white supremacist. He is a white nationalist. He is a white separatist. And Stephen Miller is his good buddy from college who backed him up on all kinds of policy initiatives when they were at Duke together. Stephen Miller is going to write the inaugural address for the 45th president of these United States. The same speech that George Washington has given, that Thomas Jefferson has given, the same speech that another Republican, Abraham Lincoln has given, a white supremacist is going to write. This is a problem. This is furthering the situation that we've seen from the beginning of Donald Trump's campaign of him surrounding himself with problematic individuals, people with abhorrent views. And it's leading us to January 20th when we were all assured that was the day of reckoning. That's when he would finally become presidential again. Well, apparently that's not the case.
2: Well, and I believe that Steve Miller is trying to distance himself.
1: Let's call him Stephen Miller so people don't think it's uh abracadabra guy. Okay. You know... uh the Joker and a Smoker. You know, the band.
2: Well, Jason Jason <laughs> Miller calls him Steve, so I just feel like I should also call him Steve. Like, we're friends. Right, right. Yeah. Um, he's distancing himself from Richard Spencer. He's saying he has no relationship with him.
1: Oh, except for the long documented history that they've had at Duke University at North Carolina.
2: They have that, yeah. Absolutely. And he's saying that that they have no relationship. now. Right.
1: Right. Even though Richard Spencer is on record with the media heaping praises upon Stephen Miller. Listen, history's history. Facts are facts. The the documentation that we have about the relationship is, is, is on the record. You can't back away from it. It's 2016, brother. We know. We know what you've done. We know what you've supported. It's just not the case anymore. So, that is a problem. These same groups... That Stephen Miller is affiliated with, and that Richard Spencer leads, are now mobilizing a campaign against Jewish residents, and there can't be many, so it's really just a public information campaign to to troll, to threaten, to harass Jewish residents of Whitefish, Montana, which is where up to this point. Richard Spencer has been living. He recently moved to Arlington, Virginia, so he could be closer to the orange-faced Fuhrer, to the leader, to have influence on U.S. policy. But he's been living in Montana, and there are white supremacist groups that are attempting to arrange an organized method of harassing residents.
2: 200 people are expected to participate in the march quote, against Jews and Jewish businesses and everyone who supports either which will take demonstrators carrying, quote, high-powered rifles through the center of town. They're saying that they will be busing in skinheads from the Bay Area. Quote, I have already worked out most of the details with the leaders of the local groups. Several of our top supporters from Silicon Valley have offered to provide significant support for the march, but we may need to solicit donations to pay for gas and food for the skinheads.
1: Uh, This is real life, folks. Listen... Like I was talking about earlier in the show to John, the caller from Alabama. I don't believe all of Donald Trump's supporters or the preponderance of them are racists or white supremacists or haters like this. But to say that they're not all that way, we need to make clear that that doesn't take away from the influence that these people did have in this election. And Donald Trump's silence on these matters is a tacit acceptance and approval, as far as I'm concerned, for a president to not come out immediately when the former Grand Wizard of the KKK endorses him, for him not to come out immediately and say, "Absolutely not, I disavow." He waits days, days. Well, oh, I don't. What, what group? I what? I don't. I don't know about what. You'd have to. I'd have to look into him. I don't know. Jake Tapper says, "Well, I'm I'm talking about the KKK." You don't need to do your goddamn research about the KKK.
2: Yeah, and this this armed march is scheduled for they're shooting for the second week of January. They're saying, and they said if you can't make it, that there's several things that you can do to help the cause. I don't know if you'd like me to read a couple of these.
1: Uh, it needs this. These details need to be known. So yes.
2: Write a postcard with a negative, hateful message and send it to love lives here. And then they give a P.O. box and it says the mail the mailman will deliver these um, a hateful, negative message. Right. Buy or borrow a copy of Mein Kampf and host a story hour for your neighborhood kids. Seems like a good uh. good situation. Get a Nazi flag for your window. A window cling or candle holder to show your solidarity with your Aryan brothers and sisters during the Hanukkah holiday. That is the 24th or the 1st. They give the time frame. Print off a PDF of the Nazi swastika logo and post it in your car or home or business. Yeah. It's
1: 2016, folks. Mm-hmm. These are ardent, vocal supporters of our 45th president. Mm-hmm. That is a problem.
0: Taking care of Biz.
2: So 2016 is not taking care of Biz.
1: <laughs> no, in fact, I think it's doing the opposite. Yeah. Of taking care of Biz.
2: Yeah, a lot of notable celebrities have passed away this year.
1: It has been unlike anything I can remember with Prince and David Bowie and Carrie Fisher now and so many. It's, it's I mean, listen. I don't like getting caught up in the 2016 and all the memes that are going around. And but really, I I don't think there's a a, a year in in memory in, in recent memory where there has been so many deaths of notable contributing artists to our culture. And this is it's it's been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. George Michael.
2: Yeah, George Michael and. Specifically for Taking Care of Biz, George Michael and Carrie Fisher. And as soon as it was announced that George Michael had passed away, all these stories started appearing on the Internet. And it's about his quiet generosity, his quiet charity. These stories of him being in a restaurant, hearing someone next to him talking about their student debt and then him just leaving a check and handing it to the waitress and saying, give that to them when I leave. Like
1: five, six, seven thousand dollars
2: 7000 Yeah, or someone he saw on TV, and then he gets in contact with them and, and gives them a check for thousands of dollars because they need help in some way. Yeah. Um, or donating the royalties from songs to HIV awareness organizations. It's just this endless list of things that you never heard about because he wanted to keep them quiet. Yeah. And I feel like those stories should be more prominent yeah when you think about George Michael
1: and Carrie Fisher was very vocal in in a different way, not so quiet, but her 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 vocalness about mental health issues, which there's such a stigma mm-hmm. around being mental having mentally any mental illness at all,
2: right. And she was funny about it. She was humorous about it. She wrote books. She was very open when she talked about it. It wasn't this scary, sad thing for her. It was just her reality. Yeah. And she made it something that was okay to talk about. And I think more people need to do that.
1: Listen, there's a stigma. Even going to therapy is stigmatized. I think you've experienced that even in, in grad school where... You've been in class, and, and, and people have the professors have asked, you know, who's who's been to therapy, and people you know who have been don't want to say mm-hmm. because they feel shamed, and you're in the profession where it should not be stigmatized. Yeah. It just lets you know how pervasive it is.
2: Yeah, it's it's really disappointing because it shouldn't be that way.
1: So they are both taking care of biz. Listen, it, it is a, it is a a sad day that we've lost so many this year and it's you know it's at least we have their art and their prior contributions that will live on you know in in perpetuity mm-hmm. it's a good thing the other thing and this isn't really taking care of biz this just struck me th- this week is i've been seeing a lot of you know there's always haters that that show up when when a celebrity dies and people who are, or even when a celebrity's going through a a hard time, whether it be through addiction or whatever, celebrities are, these are fucking people. Mm -hmm. And if you're one of those people that shits on celebrities on Twitter or Facebook or other social media outlets, think about what you're doing. These aren't robots or a, a, a fucking hologram. These are human beings who do just like you do, who Google themselves just like you do. And if you tell me you don't Google yourself, fuck you. You know you do. (laughs) We all do it. Uh They all, they get their Twitter alerts. They know what people are saying. And it's not like if you stop shitting on them, it's going to take away all the other hate. But you know what it's going to do? Take away that little bit of hate that they might see. Yeah. Terrible words. They're hurtful. And there's no need for it. Life is hard enough. <laughs> yes. Just because they've got millions of dollars doesn't mean they're not fragile like the rest of us. Yeah. And it really struck me this week when all this stuff was going on
2: with George Michael, people saying very. Yeah, bad and things. now he's
1: gone, so we can't see it. But it, it, come on. These are people just like you they're just known by other people more than you are
8: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not this is not an indictment of the audience I know our audience is you know filled with decent loving human beings mm-hmm. but pass that along this should be a, a mantra this should be the norm in, in humanity to treat everyone just like you'd want to be treated if you're in a hard time whether they're rich or whether they're well known or not it doesn't matter anyway Donald I guess Trump I'll, might
2: be an exception <laughs>
1: <laughs> well he's doing harm yeah these people are just people
2: I was making a little joke it's alright <laughs> I'm feeling a little guilty there you're
1: shitting on me like everybody shits on the celebrity you stop
2: okay alright
1: well, we're gonna wrap it up there we love you guys we appreciate you if you would like to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do go to dollamore.com slash patreon dollamore.com slash paypal dollamore.com slash amazon or or buy a cup. Go or buy a mug. Dollamore.com slash shop. Slash shop. You actually can buy stickers there, too. Yeah. Which, of course, four stickers are not worth $5. We're not charging you shipping. But you get something other than a headache, like also, I've been saying. Also,
2: if you are a recent Patreon supporter and you haven't received stickers in the mail, uh, email us because we've had some people who didn't receive them Renya. when we sent them. Yours yeah.
1: are on the way. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we love you guys. If you'd like to communicate with the show one more time, the number 657-464-7609. Of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at com. We love you guys. We have the best audience in podcasting. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this is Ben. I Doubt It.
2: Yeah, the one who carries the show is all right, too. <laughs> <laughs>